You're listening to the God of Welcome back to the Gotham Podcast. Your hosts, Fred Pineda and Vivek VCD Devaraj, here at you for the Super Bowl wrap up podcast. We've got a lot on the agenda, so it should be a fun time. The first thing, obviously, unless you were on Mars, you realize the Steelers won a thriller in Tampa Bay. Uh, before we go any further, just going to fool around with some of our prop bets. Fred, you. You came out victorious on some of your uh, your propositions. What were they? Let's see. Well, I had that the shortest touchdown scored would be less than one and a half yards. Got that one right. We had uh, Gary Russell. <laughs> Gary Russell, much to the dismay of some more popular radio voices. Continue. Um, let's see. What else did I have? Oh, I also had that there would be a defensive or special teams touchdown. Thank James and Harrison for that one. Boy, was that critical to that in the game. Um, and you had something else. I forgot what it was, though. I forgot, too. Yeah. That's, uh, in, in case you didn't understand, uh, these this, these were bets made with fake money. So the reason Fred does not know which one he won is because <laughs> it didn't really matter in the end. Well... Uh, had I had I actually bet because we we allotted a hundred dollars to several bets, um, had I actually bet a hundred dollars to exactly the same, some you know bets that I had, I would have come out losing money. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I remember on the my sheet of adding it up, you you would have made about seventy six dollars and you would have lost around twenty four dollars net total. Right. Which isn't too bad, <laughs> but. It's not as bad as me. I bet $100, and I would not have made anything. So I somehow went 0 for 10 on every single bet. Granted, a bunch of my bets were uh, long shot bets, like 12 to 1s and stuff, but in the end, none of them panned out. But what can you do? Uh, I think I should go on to the game itself. All right. All right, the game, I, I felt it was a, it was a thrilling game. Uh, if you... As a neutral fan, I think those are the best, the best judgment calls because there's there's less bias, there's less tension, there's less uh, direct involvement with what's going on. So as a neutral fan and a more representative audience of the American population, I felt it was a great game, uh, very back and forth. Uh, I'm sure Fred, you're gonna have maybe maybe a different emotional response. Yeah, it was I, I it was fun, I guess, deep down, but. I mean, you saw me. I was I was suffering during all yeah. sixty minutes of the game. Yeah, I'll say because we watched this game with about twenty other people, and pretty much everyone there except me was a Steeler fan to some extent or another. And when Fitzgerald scored his ridiculous touchdown, sprinting down the middle, that room, that fairly crowded room, had stadium seating and all kinds of funky <laughs> business going on in there. Was uh, it was pin drop sounds in there? It was it was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. Um, and a single tear came out of my eye. <laughs> a single tear came out of your eye. Oh man, that was that was very intense. In the end, Roethlisberger his his two minute drive. It's it really I felt encompassed what he had done all season. Roethlisberger he wasn't. He wasn't the MVP of the league or anything like that, but every time he needed a two-minute, two-minute drill to win the game, 
uh, you know, he he came through and he he came through again in the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and that's that's all that matters. You know, you always talk about stats and MVPs and fantasy points and whatnot, but in the end, it's all about the rings. And uh, his his main man, Santonio Holmes, he told Ben he wanted the ball. He Ben delivered the ball, and since Santonio, he didn't have a great game going into the fourth quarter, but when he need when he needed to step up, he stepped up and. It was a phenomenal job. A great catch at the end to secure the win. That that's going to go down as one of the best catches in Super Bowl history. No oh, doubt yeah. about that. that. That was beautiful. No doubt about that. Uh, no run game. It's, it's very rare to see a Super Bowl winner with with no run game. Uh, but in the end, neither team had a run game, so it didn't really matter. But it really shows how unconventional this whole season was in the entire NFL. When mm-hmm. you see two teams coming into the Super Bowl and the run game plays no factor in it. Yeah, every, everyone always claims the run the run game wins championships. Even even defense is supposed to win championships. The Cardinals had no very little defense, and they were a hair away from winning that game too. So it's not necessarily the the age old models that win the game. Uh, a lot of times, some uh, ingenuity and if if you if you if you're good at something and you do it really well uh and better than anyone else you can you can be a winner in this league the cardinals they pass the ball better than anyone else uh the steelers they rush the passer better than anyone else and uh these two strengths are what got them to the championship game and the steelers ultimately won all right let me preface this next part by saying i fully think that the Steelers were the more talented team and they clearly deserved to win. I agree. And, and I wouldn't take anything away from them. But if I were a Cardinal fan, there are a couple things that would really annoy me and I, I find it hard for you to, as a Steeler fan to object with them. Uh, the first one was the LeBron James celebration by San Antonio Holmes. Let me, let me state for the record, I absolutely loved that LeBron James celebration. Uh, Rob and I, our friend Rob and I were ecstatic when that happened. But really, every play, every single touchdown this entire season that had celebrated with the ball being used as a prop had been penalized immediately afterwards. And for that to not be called, I felt was was wrong. And how do you how can you respond to that, Fred? Well, first, I would have to see when. At what point did he throw the ball in the air? Was it after the refs had left? Because they didn't show it on TV until I think after the, the, the reason, touchdown. Uh, yeah, but the reason they didn't show it on TV is because you know immediately they showed a million replays of the, of right, the catch right. itself, right? But, so, but if you see the play, there's about I don't know. It's it's a long time because Santonio stays on the ground while Ward and a couple other players run to him and they all fall on him, and start celebrating. So I'm, end, I'm the, wondering yeah. if the ref had already started walking towards the replay booth. Yeah. When well, he, that, it, that shouldn't be the issue, though, because it's not one ref that makes a call. There's a line. I know, but if, if, there's, if, a side, there's a side judge. There's all kinds of people who someone should have caught that. And it, it's, it's not fair because here's the reason why I think it's not fair. I understand that it's a Super Bowl and there's a million emotions running through his head, but the refs had been extremely tight all game. They called every single hold. Uncharacteristically, they called every single hold. They called not they called every, single every, hold. every yes, they, yes, they did. No. They, they called you. You will not find any other game all season where more holds were called in the game. I'm not saying right, it was right, right. or wrong. I'm saying they called everything that happened. And for them to not call this, I feel was not fair 
to the Cardinals because that that 15 yards is the difference between a hail mary at the 50 yard line at the end of the game and a pass from about 30 yards out at the end of the game. It's it's a big difference. Um, I mean that that's just that's just one point and you know I, I mean, look it probably didn't matter in the end but it's it's not fair for the Cardinals in my opinion. Fair enough. I, mean, <laughs> Fair I got enough. nothing to say to that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else. Okay, the other one. This one is not as big a deal, but you got to review that last play of the game. Carn- whether he was going forward or not, you know, you got to review that play. Yeah, I mean the the main thing was the sort of hush hush way in which everything happened. Yeah. So I it's think, really I weird because some- now they came out with saying that they actually did review it and they were looking at it and they were certain. But I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, and I I think what they were what they tried to defend themselves by saying is that they didn't have a drawn out review process. Someone immediately reviewed it and came to a decision, and right. they so, they want to keep the flow of the celebration alive. But I think on such a crucial play, you need to have an official review. You need to stop the game and have an official review, if nothing else, for this for this reason, right? If that was a forward pass, and there's a last play allowed for for Warner to make a play, right? It's going to be a, it's going to be a Hail Mary pass. And who's going to be on the opposite end of that Hail Mary pass? It's going to be Larry Fitzgerald, the one guy you'd want receiving a random jump ball at the end of the game. And that and that's the ultimate dramatic end to any close game. That that last pass, does that get battered away? Does that get intercepted? Does that get pulled down? Does that get bobbled around? Like I feel I feel the NFL did themselves a disservice by just negating it. And, you know, in the end, it probably was a fumble. But why, why leave doubt in people's minds? That, that's my point. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it made a difference. But I was, I was just gonna say, not to mention the fact, if I were Cardinal fan, I would be extremely upset because there was also a personal foul for excessive celebration. Yeah. After, yeah. so they would have the ball on the 30, 35 yard line, something like that, which is not an unreasonable pass. And for probably the best passing team in the league, you know, it's it's something where it's it's not impossible, but you have to give them the chance to. But I must say make, that make the call. looking at the looking at the film, I I think that there's no doubt that it was a fumble because the ball was coming forward, but his he wasn't in control of the ball anymore. It was sort of like him advancing a fumble. I think yeah. the the ball was out of his hand. He was just sort of pushing it, you know. That's the reason why I'm not as passionate on this point because it most likely was a fumble anyway, whereas the celebration was was a celebration with a prop. Yeah. Also, I think players should learn to uh, stand back from the sidelines and stay near their benches because I don't know if you saw this, but was it Antro Roll that stood in the way of um, of Fitzgerald on that 100-yard inception return by? Uh, by James Harrison. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't see that. So when when uh, when Fitzgerald was kind of, sort of closing in, you know, he was obviously the fastest guy on the field. He yeah. ran into Antrell Roll, who was too close to the field. That is hilarious. And that slowed him down, and in the end, it was Fitzgerald who who stopped yeah. Harrison. Well, too. yeah. Here here's the point my boss made because my boss was at the Super Bowl, and what she noticed was every just because of where the the play started, like on the goal line, it wasn't really like ten yards out. It's pretty much like within five yards, right? Right. The the interception pass by Warner. Yeah. The, the taint, as some will refer to it as, was set up on a play where there were a whole bunch of off big offensive linemen and tight end uh, held in deep. So you really had only three 
three people who could have actually made the play. Warner's not running back there. Fullback's not running back there. The tight end and the offensive lineman aren't, aren't catching up to Harrison. However, so, I, I must yeah. say this for, for the Cardinals and, and the discipline on their team. Everybody tried. No, I agree. I agree everyone tried. I mean, Warner but was it, in front of Harrison for a moment there. Um, he pushed him out of his way when one of the probably 50 tackles that he broke on his way back. But, you know, it, it was a fact where when he started getting far, then they weren't going to catch him, obviously. But they tried initially, which, which speaks volumes of their... Of their uh, I, I agree 100% with that. I'm just saying that but the only people that had a chance at, at really getting him were the wide receivers who were at the back of the end zone. And Fitzgerald right. made a hell of a play to come all the way back there. Yeah. I was just thinking on a more conventional play when you have a running back back there who, you know, they're not going to be as far downfield. They may be around the line of scrimmage. Uh, a running back might have been able to catch up more yeah. reasonably than a play where you have a whole bunch of of uh, linemen and tight ends and all that kind of jazz. Right. Uh, the last little complaint I had was the the drive of, with the series of personal fouls against the Cardinal defense. I, I felt like it was... All the calls are justified, except for the the roughing the passer. That was a little yeah. Excessive. Roughing the passer wasn't. That was that was more unfortunate. I'm sure they didn't mean they weren't targeting anyone or they weren't trying to be unfair. It was just unfortunate. Uh, and the the other two personal fouls they weren't they weren't the absolute boneheaded types of personal fouls you see where were were like Harrison punches a guy when he's on the ground or or they're ten yards out of bounds and someone shoves him to the ground. It it was more just. Like just unfortunate situations. Uh, for instance, Dominique Raj Cromartie, he, he's getting his face mask, you know, stiff armed up, right. and, and the only way he can reach is if to, is to get his the 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 wide receiver's face mask. And it's one of those. I feel like it's an arcane rule in the NFL. I feel you can't let one group of players touch a face mask and not let the other touch a face mask. Face mask. But that was just more of an unfortunate incident. It wasn't. It wasn't a real boneheaded play. Uh, and the other one was Adrian Wilson just running into the place kicker, and that was into you know, the holder. He, yeah, into the holder. Sorry, yeah, and that's just you know he's he's going for the block or whatever, and then of all the places to run, he runs in the one part where the where the the holder's down there. So you know, but you gotta, it's a couple... you gotta be careful. It's a Super Bowl. You can't run into the holder. He's as defenseless as you can get. He's just kneeling there, really. Yeah, and I'm just saying, you know, if he takes. If you look at it like a, like a whole bunch of different angles he could have taken, and he happened to take the one that was going to run into the right. holder. It, it, I guess it didn't really cost them the end, but it was just a. I, f- I felt like it was just a series of unfortunate yeah. events. It wasn't. It, it wasn't the kind of, of. None of those were the personal fouls where you get pissed off at the player. They, they were just unfortunate. And since since the the drive ultimately finished ended in with a with a field goal anyway, I don't think it was that big of, a, of an issue, all these penalties yeah. that may have been questionable or not, because the, the Steelers won by four points. So even if they don't get that field goal, they, they win by one. But, you know. But I'm just saying, there were a, couple, a couple of those were the third down conversions, right? So that makes the difference between them even scoring at all. Right, I'm saying, had, uh, even if had they not scored anything, they would have still, and, and all things the same, they would have still won by one point. Maybe, but then maybe you don't go for the the t- right, they, right, maybe you right. guard against a touchdown at the end. I mean, you know, there's there's different arguments you can make. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say was Fitzgerald scoring that quickly up the middle was the best thing that could have happened to the Steelers. And, and Tomlin actually admitted that yeah. right after. Yeah. Uh, nothing kills a team more than a methodical drive. And the Cardinals scoring quickly kind of kind of backfired. You know, you kind of expect uh, as an Arizona defense that had stepped up in the fourth quarter, dock it with those two sacks, 
you kind of expected them to, to close the deal based on how they'd played in the fourth quarter, but uh, it didn't go their way because of how quickly uh, Arizona scored. It was an interesting point to note. Yeah, but but yeah. there's nothing you can do. What you know? Yeah, yeah you're, you're not, not going to fall at the one yard line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those. You know, that's that's life. That yeah, it just happens. Uh, yeah. So it was a hell of a Super Bowl. We went down to to Oakland to watch a celebration, and boy, what was crazy. Oakland, the neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Oh man, there. Yeah, yeah, there were there was a fire in the middle of the street. There were every single, every single parking meter was was torn off, and it was absolute mayhem. But I, it was hilarious. I loved it. It was great. Uh, all right, our next segment we're going to talk about some of the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, did you have any any preferences? Any, um, any colossal bombs in your mind? Because um, I, mean, I, I thought I thought the Doritos one was pretty good. Which, which one of them? The the one well, with the, the crystal ball. The crystal ball was okay. It wasn't bad, but the good one I felt was like every wish he wants with the Doritos coming true, and then when he when he runs out of Doritos, he gets hit by the bus. I actually thought both of them were really good. So yeah, I don't, I don't both... know how to rate one over the other because the, the crystal yeah. ball was pretty funny. And generally, this I don't think this was a spectacular year for commercials, but I think Doritos Doritos did a good job. Another another company you don't usually see them during the Super Bowl, but Bridgestone. Feel, they were there so, last year. Um, for, oh, they were. For, yeah, with the, uh, you know, when the woman is driving and she starts screaming and every little because they're gonna run over the squirrel and every. Uh, animal, that was a Super Bowl commercial. I'm pretty sure that was a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, okay, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do with tires, but I feel like they they did it as good a job as you can. Yeah, that was that was really good. When you're doing uh, yeah, when you're doing Head. And I'd say the the third place for good commercials would be, the various the job websites. I think Monster and Carry Builder. That's some funny ones, like the moose in the wall, the, like the entire moose is in the... Oh, uh, right, right, yeah. So Yeah, so I, I thought those were kind of funny. There was one annoying one, I think. It might have been Career Builder. I haven't rewatched it since the game. Yeah, it's I the mean, one where the koala gets punched, and it just keeps going over, you know. It just keeps looping over and over and over and over. And I, I actually couldn't hear most of it, because people were being <laughs> pretty rowdy, but it just looked annoying. Okay. Uh, a couple. Oh, the 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 other pretty good one, but not like an all-time classic. Where were a couple of the Coke ones. I just thought they were really artsy and very well done. Yeah. Not particularly funny or anything, but I thought they were nice. Like the, I think we commented the the butterfly one, but the bugs all steal the the Coke and right. stuff. Also, the 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 Mean Joe Green remake with Troy Polamalu was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, because yeah. you were expecting know, just the standard one, and then he he yeah. Rip, yeah, he rips the guy's <laughs> shirt off and yeah. throws it to the kid. So I thought that was pretty they funny. Were, they made it funny. Uh, some of the the flops I felt were, GoDaddy was just too gimmicky. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like I've I've seen I've seen GoDaddy commercials probably for the last three or four Super Bowls, and I still have no idea what what their company does. Like I feel I feel like I'm a, I'm a fairly computer literate person. I'm on the internet like essentially 24 hours a day, and I have no idea what GoDaddy.com does. I mean, do you have do you know do you know what they do? Yeah, you can just register a domain with them. So. Okay. If you want to watch okay. but, but the main thing I think of their advertising is, I don't know if you noticed, but all their commercials end with, see the ending of this commercial at GoDaddy.com. So they try to get you on their website that way. I guess because they're a website versus a typical company, they can do this more interaction with you, try to get, try to hook you. I guess that's yeah. what they're Yeah, that's what they want to do once, you know, okay. the main thing is get you in the store usually. And... Yeah. I just thought it was too gimmicky, but. Yeah, I, I wasn't particularly into it. 
crazy. If it works for them, I guess it works for them. Uh, I thought usually the beer companies have something good, but I don't remember laughing out loud at any of the beer commercials. Yeah, they weren't really funny. They they had a couple with the Clydesdales, which are always awesome because Clydesdales are awesome. But yeah, they're good, but nothing really. Oh, the one thing I thought was funny was. Oh, uh, what about the guy getting kicked out of the of the yeah. conference room? That one's pretty funny. Yeah, the way he like flew backwards out of the window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I was gonna talk about. Yeah, that one was okay, but in general, nothing special. Nah. Uh, especially because I... beer commercials have the easiest ammo to work with. You know, it's talking about beer. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting to see all the trailers this year. Yeah, there were a lot of trailers this year. Usually, maybe one trailer. Yeah, there but this was so was, many. This was... Full of trailers. Oh, I think Simmons made the pretty interesting point how just as the Transformers trailer happens, the game itself transforms yeah. <laughs> into a more exciting game. That was kind of funny. And I'm, I'm always excited for, for Megan Fox and anything to do with the Transformers. Sure. Uh, that, oh, another <laughs> funny one was the E-Trade one with the Shankopotamus. Oh, with the golf? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe it to be more of a golf fan to appreciate it, but yeah. that was kind of funny. One yeah. that was interesting was the Cash for Gold with uh, Ed McMahon and uh, MC I didn't, Hammer. I didn't realize Cash for Gold can afford a commercial like that. I, that that just to show you how bad the economy is. How many people are, are selling their gold that they actually afford a $3 million commercial, you know? I guess, yeah. I, I mean, gold, gold and commodities like that do better when, they, when the economy is down. And I'm just saying since people, since people don't have money now, they're probably selling yeah. all their gold. I never imagined that they would generate enough of a of a margin to to finance a commercial like that. But yeah, because that's usually very... what you find on cable channels at yeah, two a.m. Like yeah, exactly. That's Not... exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I'd never even seen one on you know on uh, for network TV. So, and one improvement on a commercial I thought was possible was with the the Denny's commercial. You know how there's like you know free Tuesdays. Yeah, uh, free, like I, I technically today between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. free Grand Slam at, at Denny's, right. but I don't remember the exact commercial. But I remember it was like a 25 second lead in, and it had nothing to do with the actual thing. And then the last five seconds, they were like free Tuesday, free Grand Slam on Tuesday for the entire country. Yeah, it's their new their new campaign, which is uh, shouldn't you eat a breakfast that's more like a breakfast? No, I, I agree have, with that. Yeah, I, I mean I, that I, I don't understand why. No, yeah. here's no here's my my improvement. If they just flashed free Grand Slam from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and they just did it on loop for 30 seconds, a lot more people, I think, would have registered what the commercial was about, and they may have may have done better than they did. Just well, because they kind of, I felt like they wasted the beginning of the commercial. I don't know if you saw the news today, but anyway, that all, all Denny's were completely packed, and their website actually went down because too many people were looking for the nearest Denny's. Oh wow, that's great. So I guess yeah, it was. I'm not knocking the effectiveness of the commercial, but wow, that they did a fantastic job with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much money they're gonna actually make on this at the end of the day, getting free breakfast away, but uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where just like GoDaddy, you want to hook them and hope they come back. I I know. I was looking for Denny's this morning, but there's nothing close to me. So (laughs) Uh, too funny, too funny. All right. No, okay. The (laughs) the point I wanted to make. Last Super Bowl related point I had was, I don't know if, if you would agree or not, but hilarious thing. Does Troy Polamalu sound like Michael Jackson at all to you? No, you're crossing. Are you sure? Are you sure? All I'm right, sure. Let's, I, I let's know. Go, let's, I know what he sounds like. I know what you're gonna let's say. Let's go. Let's go to the audio tape. Let's go to the audio tape. I like to say in every aspect of my life, how 
love my wife, how I serve my wife, uh, how I'll serve God willing my son. Um, in the same way, you know, I try to be very passionate about football. I try to, I try to serve my coaches with a passion. I don't know. There's a, there's a striking, striking similarity. You gotta admit. A little bit, but. He does have much less of a creepy factor with the voice. And but, he, can, uh, he can wreck you as where Michael Jackson, I don't think, can wreck anyone at this point in his life. No. Well, he could wreck me by me looking at him and kind of me barfing on myself. I yeah. think that would. Maybe he would, <laughs> he, would, he would blind you with his looks and then attack you. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Why did you just do that to me? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that was just a little... Tid of it, I wanted to throw at you. All right, so as we all know, San Antonio Holmes got the MVP. Uh, a lot of people think that maybe Ben Roethlisberger should have gotten it because he was engineering that drive in the end. Um, I don't know what were your thoughts on that. I thought if there, I, I thought because San Antonio had to make such a great catch for that to even be a touchdown, I, I really think I think San Antonio deserved it. Right, and the other point is that most of San Antonio's catches, there were there's an insane amount of yards after the catch. Exactly. So there was a lot where he got the the ball on the line of scrimmage, and he would just get a first down routinely. That happens in a couple of a uh, couple of plays during the game. So a lot of it was on him, not not Ben as much. I think because you, you have the story of San Antonio redeeming himself on the on the first incompletion. In the yeah. Uh, I guess the the counter argument would be. Ben's one interception came on a batted ball, which is kind of fluky. Right. And also, he made a hell of a throw to Heath Miller after that crazy scramble. Oh yeah, I mean he was scrambling all all, yeah. all game long, and he came up with that that final drive. I don't know how many times he could have been sacked, and, and he was doing what he does best. Just yeah. Just uh, it was I think it was the kind of game where there was really no true standout MVP statistically. And so Holmes really had the had the best overall game, and so you kind of had to give it to him. You one would have expected a defensive player to to win the MVP just based on what the Steelers had done all season. Yeah. Uh, but but the ironic thing is uh, neither Palomalu or Harrison truly had a had an MVP type of game. Harrison obviously had the great play, but he didn't have a typical Harrison yeah. day defensively. I mean, he did draw what was it, at least three hold calls against him. So yeah, that, that's yeah. big, but. I think maybe if you swap the the ending of the first half and the second half, where mm-hmm. James Harrison has that hundred yard interception to win the game, mm-hmm. then do you give it to Harrison? That's possible. All I know is if Harrison had those two sacks that Woodley had, then yeah. he gets it. Then he gets it. Yeah, he has a couple sacks or even a forced fumble, and and I think he's a shoe in for that. Yeah. And here's the the flip side argument: if if the Steelers don't make that last game winning play. Do you give MVP to Fitzgerald or do you give it to Warner? I think Warner just because of his stats were were ridiculous. But so are Fitzgeralds. That's true, but right? I mean, what what did Warner throw? Three three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. He had like three hundred eighty yards or something. Yeah, so, I guess you, you you usually default to the quarterback, right. especially a quarterback where every play was essentially a pass play. And so, yeah, especially so, since him. for the first three quarters, Fitzgerald was pretty much a non-factor in the game. Yeah, yeah, and, I guess, yeah. And it was really Warner getting the ball out in time that was was, was keeping the, the Cardinals alive. So It also would have netted me a little bit of money because one of my 
Ted Betts was having Warner as MVP. Yeah. So you bet was, on you bet on both the the quarterbacks, yeah. right? But on both the quarterbacks, and should have listened to Simmons and his advice of just bet all the wide receivers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, that was good. A good game all around, and you know what? Overall, it may have been a more exciting game than last year's Super Bowl. It didn't have the historical significance last year's Super Bowl does. That's why I'm going to give the overall Super Bowl experience edge to to the Giants and Patriots, but. In, in a pure football sense, this was a hell of a game, and yeah. I think I think we're lucky as fans to have had two awesome Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, especially when traditionally the Super Bowl is probably one of the worst games of the year, but this exactly. decade this decade has reversed that trend. Yep, there's been some fantastic games this decade, so. and hopefully uh, that's the trend for the the future. Yeah, what I want to know is I don't know if you've seen the ratings, but um, well, Nielsen just released the review the revised ratings. Because originally they had said that last year's Super Bowl had more had more of an audience, mm-hmm. but they released something I think it was today where they reviewed it and they added some digital co- uh, cable customers. And okay. this year's Super Bowl had more people watching. I think it was around ninety eight million people. Okay, so could a, that just be could that just be population growth? I'm, I'm not right. trying to doubt. What, what I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. My point though is what what are the other two thirds of the country doing? <laughs> Because you think of it, and, and probably everybody right, you, you know was watching the game, so... All right, well, you got security at, right, at the game itself. Well, right? I, do, can you add those to the ratings, Every, anybody at the stadium? Just <laughs> add, like, 50,000 yeah. people or whatever, you know? Yeah, you've got... All right, let's just try to think of people who are not watching. You've got you've got random people on TV. I mean, you got first responders. You know, on, 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 the, on the different channels, like the Puppy Bowl people. You've got, you've got, you've got the different TV personalities. Right. Let's see, you've got people uh, who have fallen asleep at a hospital. Okay. You've got... Got babies. You've got babies. They, can, they can't see it. You've got uh, EMS and emergency response people. Right, you've got cops all around the country. And uh, EMS, have, though, EMS, because they're usually in firehouses, and, and they have to Oh, yeah, they them. can probably still watch it. Yeah, you're right. Unless they have a call, so... You have okay. Mm. Oh, here it is. Pizza places. Pizza place. Oh, I feel bad for them because usually, even those pizza delivery people are pretty big sports fans. Yeah, but they have to be driving around all day long. Yeah. That would suck. This this will be our this will be our mission to find out what are the 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 rest. Of, what, there's another look. What you said? Ninety eight million people are watching the Super Bowl. Ninety eight million, and U.S. has approximately three hundred million people. Yeah. So what are the other two hundred million people doing? What are they doing? If you know, please email us at the Gotham Podcast. Although you're probably listening to the podcast, you you like sports, so yeah. But they may know; they may have a, some That's insight fair. that we're That's that we're true. lacking right now. All right, so moving away from football for a little bit, moment, um, I think it was a couple weeks ago that you were talking about college basketball and how the Big East isn't getting any any love. So, what are your thoughts yeah. now that UConn is number one? Oh, baby, I'm so pumped! I'm so pumped! And uh, and I'm really glad I was watching Pizza earlier today. They're saying, "Could it be that the best team in the country is not from the state of North Carolina?" And all I wanted to say was, F- "Yeah, you're gonna have to do the yeah. pizza thing." Um, and yeah, I'm really pumped because UConn was the first team this year to win a, a, a big game yeah, on the road the... after being uh, crowned the number one seed. Yeah, 
And not, they didn't just be any old team. They beat another top 10 team on right. the road. Yeah, that, that game this week really cemented them as, as number one. Yeah, so. so I'm really excited. And hopefully the Big East as a whole can keep it up because I, I'd, if UConn does happen to falter, I'd love to see one of the other Big East teams. Uh, is is UConn number one in the Big East now? Because when they were... Technically, Marquette is number one because they're undefeated in the Big East. Okay, yeah, that's that's what but I thought. Marquette is, yeah, but Marquette's number eight overall. Right. It, it's just it's just interesting that the number one team in the country isn't even the number one team <laughs> yeah. in, its, in its conference. Yeah, yeah, that's really funny. So, but you know they're uh, they're the only one lost team or one of the only one lost teams. So, right. Uh, it so, is that is a funny observation. Anyway, as long as as long as Duke and North Carolina lose other games, that's that probably gives me as much happiness as a UConn win itself. So. You know, it's, it's always it's always tough to keep the number one ranking. So hopefully they can. Right. Keep as long as possible, and, and hopefully Pitt joins them in the top top three. Because uh, yeah, I like seeing, I like seeing Pitt do well too. Yeah, yeah, I, I like to see the whole Big East. Definitely. All right, and on to the Godam of the week. You're the staple of this program. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's what really keeps the listeners coming back. You know, when, when when you get into those lulls in the middle of the podcast, sometimes they feel like turning it off, but then they're like, you know, I, I gotta I gotta stick stick to it for the for the god of the week and this week if you happen to be from detroit you may have seen this already but the local affiliate channel four affiliate during the super bowl pregame show had a scrolling segment on the bottom while matt millen the former gm of the detroit lions was giving his different tidbits and insight on the game uh what the scrolling text said was Matt Millen was president of the Lions for the worst eight-year run in the history of the NFL. Knowing his history with the team, is there a credibility issue as he now serves as an analyst for NBC Sports? And I really think that that epitomizes just the awfulness that Matt Millen was. He drove that franchise, that storied franchise, into the ground. He shoved them down. He... He basically made them the laughing stock of the league, and I, I, I know that was def- this this message was definitely sent by a disgruntled fan. And I gotta say, got him. You you really you nailed it on the head. You pinned Matt Miller for who he was, and if it's any small consolation prize, I think the rest of the country has sympathy. And hopefully, you've turned a new leaf uh, with the, with a new regime change. And you know you you can't feel anything but sorry for the for the lines uh, anything else yeah I, I just remember the first uh i think it was during wild card week weekend that <clears throat> that he i saw him on nbc that was the first time that he was there and i immediately thought to myself i feel bad for the people in detroit that they finally got over this you know they fire matt mellon finally yeah. after, after all these awful years in detroit and now they have to see him there when they're finally yeah. relaxing and watching a game where Same. they don't have to worry about the Lions. So, I but, was just waiting for him to make a prediction so I could just quickly bet the opposite as soon as he made a prediction. Well, the one thing that, that I learned during the during the pregame show that I that surprised me about Millen mm-hmm. and the kind of his his run as GM of the Lions really tarnishes his his legacy or well his his playing career is that he won the Super Bowl four times as a player. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. So I, I I know in general he's actually revered as a pretty pretty damn good analyst. Yeah. And so. fortunately, his GM tenure is going to overshadow everything. 
Right. But it's it's kind of the sad reality of you know it, it's not that he shouldn't be a, an analyst. It's it's more he should take a year off. He should let things settle yeah, before. Yeah, give, give give the fans time to recover from yeah. from this. But yeah, exactly. that, that would suck if you know you you play all these years. You, he went to one Pro Bowl, wins four Super Bowls. <laughs> I mean, you know what this it, reminds me of? This is exactly like Isaiah Thomas with the Knicks. Isaiah is a Hall of Fame player. He won two championships, but as a GM, he utterly ruined one of the best NBA franchises. And and Matt Millen is exactly the he's exactly Isaiah Thomas of the NFL. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think, there, I mean, there was no sor- shortage of people that NBC could get and got. <laughs> the, there was no no reason why. I, I don't know who, when Matt Millen got fired, was the, was the genius behind. So, so, oh my God, Matt like, Millen was, is available. We need him now. What was yeah? What was the line of thinking? Oh, we've got we've got twelve people, but I really think Matt Millen as the thirteenth guy. I think he will make the difference. Uh, in in the, in the in the pure analysis that our pregame show is going to offer, I, I, like I, I want to know who who had that line of of, of thinking. Anyway, uh, we had a fantastic Super Bowl. It was a great NFL season. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to the to this podcast, and hopefully you'll keep listening to more uh, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, for Fred and yours truly, VCD. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Thank you for downloading the Gotham Podcast.